You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, and with me via Zoom, because that just seems to be what we do these days, is Mark Bird <laughs> with Revive Ohio. Hello. Hey, Angie. We are all adapting, and this is just one of those series that fits in perfect with our time frame. Would you agree? Oh, so much. We are talking about growing in faith, and if we've ever needed to grow in our faith, it's now. Because when things are uncertain, we can be certain of our faith. And we have so many fantastic testimonies lined up to share. I mean, God is always faithful, and people are realizing that they grow in the midst of trials, first of all, yeah. that's what I'm getting from people, and that's where you grow. You don't grow in the on the mountaintop, you grow in the valley. So today we're going to talk about how we can grow in those hard times, how we can build our faith, just like a muscle. It's a spiritual muscle, and if we don't exercise our spiritual muscle, we're not going to get stronger. Yes, Angie, I think it's just like growing muscle. And as I share uh, recently, that we have to um, feed our faith. And so when you want anything to grow, if you want your plants to grow, you got to feed them. If you want your pet to grow, you got to feed them, right? And so we have to feed our faith in order to see it grow. And how do you do that, Angie? From a Christian's perspective, how do you have someone grow their faith or feed their faith in order to see it grow? What I think about is I take these little eight pound weights and I do my little arm exercises every day to try to build up my arms, but it really does sometimes hurt the next yeah. day. And I think that's what we're going to really focus on today is sometimes there's pain, but there's always growth. Man, that's good. And you know, we don't ever want to sign up for the pain, but we uh, would no. like to grow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm going to start off today with a story about my own son, uh, my oldest son. In fact, strange as it may seem, the Lord spoke to me in the middle of the night one night, and he just said the name Daniel to me. It actually woke me up. So I nudged my wife and realized she was still snoring. So she must not have heard it, but I felt like it shook the house. But anyway, the reason I want to share that story is because Daniel, my son, who then was born shortly thereafter, I mean, nine months after, but here's the cool part. I asked the Lord one time when he was a teenager, I said, Lord, why did you have me name him Daniel? Cause it was obvious you had me name him Daniel. And he just simply said, because he has great faith. And so when we talked about this series, Angie, and you said faith, I'm like, well, then we have to include something out of Daniel because obviously Daniel had very great faith. And so I want to share a story today out of Daniel chapter six that just illustrates and highlights not only Daniel's great faith, but it also illustrates and highlights how Daniel fed his own faith as well. Starting in verse 10 of chapter 6, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. 
If that's not feeding your faith, I don't know what is, right? That's how Daniel did it. And in verse 11, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, the thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. When they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captains from Judah, does not show regard for you, O king, nor for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians that no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. And the story goes on then because of this decree and Daniel quote unquote broke that decree. He was then sentenced to be thrown into the lion's den. As we all know the story, Daniel was delivered from the lion's den because he had great faith. And listen, what you just heard is he had favor in the eyes of the king, but because of the law of the land, he had to follow through. So I'm just going to wrap up this reading today with verse 22. And it says, my God sent an angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. So when you talk about feeding faith, how did Daniel feed his faith? It was well known throughout the land to these men who brought this charge. They knew that Daniel prayed every single day, three times a day. The king knew that Daniel did that. It was a given. He was known as the man that brought these prayers and petitions before the Lord. I mean, it was well known. Daniel didn't hide it. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He wasn't ashamed of his relationship with God. But what he did is he continued in that because it what? It fed his faith. There were so many places before Daniel 6 where you could see how he even stepped out in faith. And yeah. we talk about that a lot with Time to Revive because it means being obedient to God when it doesn't seem natural or feel <laughs> right, but we have to step out and be bold. And that's one thing about Daniel is like, he is that he knew who God was. He knew who he was in God's sight. And he stepped out every time God asked him to, and even against the grain sometimes. And that's what faith does, right? Faith causes you because of your faith, and, and the scripture clearly says that God has given us each a measure of faith. We have to grow that faith. So I'm thinking also of the parable of the talents. What God expected those people who he entrusted with their talents, he expected them to grow their talents, didn't he? And when he came back and the one who just hid the master's talent in the ground, he was angry with. Because he didn't what? He didn't grow that talent. And in the same, so God gives us all a measure of faith. And guess what he expects us to do with it? 
grow that faith. Why? So that he can entrust us with more. So you think about Daniel's own story here. Like you said, Angie, you could go story after story in the book of Daniel, and his faith continued to grow. He grew in favor of the Lord, and then he also grew, grew in favor in the eyes of the king. And so as his faith grew, so did his favor or the favor that was upon him. And it was not because Daniel needed to be puffed up. Because as we read in verse 10, he prayed and gave thanks to his God as was custom in the early days. So this is what he did. He gave thanks for that measure of faith. He gave thanks for all that the Lord provided. And in that giving of thanks, you know, God grew him. God grew him in wisdom and knowledge and all of the understanding that God blessed him with. And what did Daniel continue to do? He continued to grow in faith and share that faith. So we talk about later on in this book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now those were what? Also three Hebrews who knew Daniel. And I bet you their faith grew because of their relationship with Daniel, whose faith was growing because of his relationship with God. So how did these Hebrew children have faith to stand in the midst of getting thrown into a fiery furnace because their faith had grown. And so they had put time in spending time with the Lord. And so you want to talk about ways to grow your faith. Here's one way that Daniel did right here. He prayed religiously. Of course, we don't love that word per se, do we, Angie? Like do it just because it's a religious act. But you can honestly say Daniel prayed religiously. He never wavered from that. I think he just prayed consistently. I don't know if it was religiously. He just made a commitment to it and he continued to do it every day. He did. He was committed to that relationship. And I think that's why he did it. So yeah, how, how you want to describe that is open, but here's the truth. He's like, I will not neglect giving thanks to the Lord and getting on my knees and praying out to the God who provides everything. So to conclude today's lesson, Daniel obviously was a man of great faith. And even though he was sentenced to death by, you know, who would not imagine getting thrown into the lion's den would not be a sentence of death. And so obviously here's this man because of his great faith who refused to stop praying to the God of the universe, which was his God. But think about this. He was sentenced to death and the king wouldn't budge. The king made the decree. The king made the law. And yet here's these men under him and they came and held the king's feet to the fire saying, hey, you know what? Didn't you say this? Isn't this what you said? Isn't this the law that you wrote? The trial came, the trial being getting thrown into the lion's den. And at the end of the day, it all would have been, should have been a death sentence. But because of his great faith and God knew him, he had a relationship with God and God sent the angel and shut the lion's mouths. That's the end of the story. I mean, that's the mic drop. And you know what? (laughs) Daniel came out of there unscathed. Yes, and, and I bet his faith grew in the midst of it, just like ours would. Yeah, 
when you say my God will save me and he does, that does build your faith. It absolutely does. So it is a, it's a relationship. I love that because that's how it works. You submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. And this is what we saw happen in Daniel's life in this story. So man, what a great example of faith encourages us like, hey, even if you have a death sentence, and I'll be honest with you, I've met people in prison that have had death sentences and God has delivered them. And so has he done it every time? No, but can he do it? Absolutely. So it's not over until God says it's over. Amen. So thank you, Angie, for sharing again today with us and uh, peeling back the layers of this in uh, discovering God's word in growing our faith. Let's take a minute and let's go over to our testimony. We have a special guest on each and every episode, and it's just someone that the Lord puts on my heart, given a topic that we've picked out, and we're starting this series, as you know, called Grow in Faith, Grow Your Faith, however you want to say that. But, you know, it was interesting. We were just sharing how um, in our faith journey, because we're all on a faith journey with the Lord. If you're a Christian, you're on a journey with him. And we're either growing in our faith or we're shrinking back in our faith. (laughs) And some days uh, we're growing and some days we're shifting back. And it just is, but it's a journey and it's a marathon, not a sprint. You guys have heard us say that many, many times. But without further ado, I'm super duper excited to introduce our guest this week, Rachel Bain from Dayton, Ohio. And welcome to the program, Rachel. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Yeah. And so as you guys have heard me say, we prayed and this particular uh, week, the Lord put Rachel on my heart. When I think about faith, I think about Rachel. I've watched her operate in faith for years. Rachel and I have been in ministry together and I've watched her operate in faith through hills and valleys, right? But persevering, persevering in faith. And you know what? Uh, Rachel's one of those people that I would say, hey, Rachel, you know what? In this life, we shall have tribulation. Jesus promised us that. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you're in the valley or on the mountain. The Lord said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. What does that mean to you? Wow, that's a, that means a lot. It's a big question. I think that a lot of times we quote these scriptures and we believe these scriptures, but when we actually have to live it out during that time in the valley, I think that's where our faith really is tested yeah. and refined. I think it's easier to say those things to, than to actually live it out and have to live that out. Um, So for me, during that dark valley time is where my faith really grew the most. And I never looked at myself as a person that was necessarily lacking faith. I definitely believed that God is the creator of everything and still doing the miraculous today. But when things go um, not as planned, right unexpected traumas or tragedies that's when you're really tested if you have that rock solid faith 
And what are you going to do during that time? A lot of times, you know, we tend to do the very opposite. We should be pressing into Christ and we tend to shy away during those times. For me, what I learned during that time is that even though for someone that would be listening today that may be a seasoned Christian, you really don't know until you are faced with the the dark night of the valley. Mm. Amen. <laughs> How you will respond. You can what I learned about myself is I would have thought I would respond a certain way to certain things until I was literally faced with that. And and like you said, during that time is when I really my relationship with Christ changed in a radical way. Um, we know that he never leaves or forsakes us. But what do you do and how do you handle it when he is all you have at that point? Wow. And will his love be enough for you? Wow. And so, Rach, can you dig in and share that with us? Like, what will you do? You know, mm -hmm. I've even talked about that with people. I've said, well, what happens when you are face to face, okay, if you will, with that giant? right? We've talked about this. We've sang about this. Mm -hmm. What happens when you're face to face with that giant? Yeah. Like you said, we've, we've sang about it. I think about that a lot with the worship songs and lyrics. If we really would be okay, you know, with it coming down to just us in Christ. And what I learned through that time is um, really how much you learn about yourself and about Christ when it is just you and him. And sometimes he has to remove you from places and situations and strip things from your life because he has better for you. I think a lot of times we can become bitter instead of becoming better. Mm. And it's hard for us to shift our perspective. A very wise pastor kept telling me, you know, change your perspective during this time. And, um, it was really in that midnight hour when it was just me and Christ. I know that he is the only reason I'm still here and alive and the prayers of the saints like yourself and your wife, Jill, sustaining me during that time. But I just, I learned the love of God in a way that I had never felt. Wow. And it's odd for me to say that because I look back in, in my years of pastoring and I even through, you know, inspiration of the Holy Spirit wrote a devotional called the Cinderella Diaries, which talks about our Prince Charming and, you know, and that's, and that's Jesus and his love being enough for us. But when you have to really eat your words and really experience uh, yeah. that, you know, I never thought I would be able to look back and say, and this is where that perseverance comes into play. I never thought I would look back and say, thank you, God, that I did have everything stripped away. And it was just you and I, because I experienced the most beautiful, you know, love story with Christ. And my faith increased tremendously through the trial, through the tribulation, through that dark valley. He showed himself faithful in every single thing even the smallest things, you know, we often think of those big things, but in the tiny details, he was showing himself so faithful 
and how much he really was my defender. And us Christians, we, we love to say like, you know, he is our defender, but living that out isn't easy either. Being still and really letting Christ, you know, fight your battle for you and be your defender. Yeah. And sometimes, Rachel, that doesn't happen when we snap our fingers anymore. Or let's be honest, it doesn't even happen when we say amen instantly. Right. You know, I'm right. I, I'm thinking about the song Praise You in This Storm, right? And once mm-hmm. again, I say amen and it's still raining. I mean, isn't that reality? Yes. So then, so then what happens to your faith or how do you Keep going, Rachel. How do you persevere then? That's a very good question, Pastor Mark. I will say it is an ebb and flow. You know, when you're going through the trials and tribulations, there was one point and I was so ashamed of myself because I'm like, Lord, you know, I was just like, I preached and taught your word for years. You know, I've prayed and I've fasted. How could this be my outcome? How can this be my life? I could not see literally that he had so much better for me. I could not see that he was protecting me by removing me. Wow. And I, and I stood up for the truth of the gospel. What got me in my position was I felt like the gospel was no longer being presented in a way that I felt like reflected truth. And that's something that in these end times, we are going to have to be very careful about, you know, that God's word, not making it, just changing it to fit our lifestyle and what we want. We have to make sure our lives align with the truth of God's word. And I'm like, God, I defended you in your word. And I did this and I did that, you know, and a lot of people go to Job because we know Job, you know, in the Bible lost everything, but it really just shifting perspective. And for me, even though I had that, what I was going to say, going back to that embarrassing moment where I loved God and I love his word, his truth. But there was a time I was so hurt through the woundedness. I thought I just want to throw my Bible in the closet and never look at it again. Right. But I didn't really want to in reality. That was my trauma response. And I didn't. And what I clung to were God's promises. He promises in Romans 8, 28, to work all things together for our good. Amen. And I just kept holding on to that. And I really, because I know God's great love for us, because I know that he is so kind and merciful, he hurts when we hurt. And so I knew truth deep down in my soul. And I really believe that's what got me through those times. Even when my faith was wavering, And I felt like it was just going to go. I think that's what helped me to persevere is that from the time I began a relationship with Christ at age 16, like his truth has always been rooted deep down in my heart. And that is why it is so important for us to really be in his word and have that personal one-on-one relationship. Because when everything, my life exploded like confetti, flying through the air and not knowing where it was going to land. It was only my relationship with Christ personal. There wasn't a pastor or a friend or a mentor. Yes. Those people were praying alongside of me, you know, holding my arms up when I couldn't, but 
it is so important for us to have that one-on-one relationship. You know, Rachel, something you said a little bit ago just really hit me because I'm thinking about this scripture in James chapter one, and you talked about testing your faith. And mm-hmm. so you, sometimes you're like testing our faith. Like, would God test our faith? But then I, I was reminded of the scripture and I thought, you know what? I read this and I bet it has an all new meaning to you. Um, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. But you know what? There's none of us that would sign up for that. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, yes, Lord. Okay, yeah, we just count it joy when we're in the midst of this storm, this trial, whatever it is. But it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. And I just bet that has an all new meaning to you now, Rachel, not that it didn't before, not that you probably didn't even preach on this before, right? But who wants to sign up in advance for the testing of our faith and for patience? You know, you've heard the old adages about don't pray for patience because you might get the test that goes along with it to help you with your patience. But you know what? Rachel, in the when the storms come, Jesus said, if your house is built on a rock, mm-hmm. the storms will come and they will even beat vehemently on your house. But if it's founded on the rock, man, the house will stand. Yeah, Jesus is just amazing. I, I love him so much. I have a picture in my house of a bride looking in the mirror and Jesus is looking back at her. And I think that one key thing, like I was talking about your personal relationship with Christ being the most important is that intimacy with him. We need that to continue to persevere, especially during the dark times. And like you said, when you go through something, your faith is tested, you know, obviously we always want to remain teachable and we're always learning but for us to be able to grow as people i go back to romans 5 3 not only so but we also glory in our sufferings which who wants to glory in their sufferings right because we know suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope when we go through these seasons jesus is working so much character and hope into us. And we get to go out through our dark times, through things we went through, and we get to spread the hope of Jesus to others. We get to share like we are right now, how he was our rock during those dark times, how his hope sustained us during those dark times. And we grow as people and we don't grow without struggle, without suffering. We don't grow when things are easy. And God is doing it because he loves us for our own good, even though it's hard to think that during that time. But my hope for everyone is that they can know Jesus in a deep, intimate way, really know his character, his great love for them, that he never gives up on us. He endless chances so often we look at the Lord as a can't do, like, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, so legalistic. 
instead of that grace. And I'm not talking about greasy grace, anything goes. <laughs> I'm talking about true mercy and grace. All of us, like Isaiah says, we're just our righteousness is as filthy rags. Jesus loves his, he loves us so much. And my hope for anyone listening is that, you know, you are not unlovable. You are not too far gone. There is absolutely nothing that stops him from pursuing you and loving you. Amen. Rachel, one last thing I wanted to cover. I was thinking about this as I was praying in order to get anything to grow, you must feed it. So if we want to grow, we have to feed ourselves. And if we want our pet to grow, we want have to feed our pet. But how do you feed your faith? For me, what that looks like is I stay in God's word and we don't have to be legalistic with that either. You can read one verse a day. If all you read is just one verse and you ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate truth to you, or maybe for you, for some people, it's a daily devotional. But for me, um, I also do a prayer journal. Writing and journaling can be very therapeutic. And sometimes I will obviously speak my prayers out loud. Other times I write them. But for me, it's definitely every day when I wake up, I have had to do this as I was overcoming that dark valley. I say out loud, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Even if I feel like total garbage, I am proclaiming the minute I wake up, God gave me this day of life. We are blessed to have it. We make a choice to rejoice. So for me, a lot of it is practicing gratitude Mm. with the Lord and praying and reading the word, um, listening to podcasts like this one, listening to sermons online. You know, we might be going through a season of isolation right now, but we have so many amazing things um, at our fingertips with technology. So even if somebody doesn't physically have a Bible, you can get online and go to Bible Gateway but definitely getting the word every day, communicating with the Lord like a friend. He is our friend. He's our heavenly father. We don't have to make prayer complicated. So those are just some ways that I exercise my faith muscles daily. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. I heard your heart coming out like I love so much in that. Unfortunately, man, we are out of time already. But listen, before before we part ways, I want to have you guys check it out. Uh, Rachel is on Facebook, Rachel Bain Ministries, B-A-N-E, Rachel Bain Ministries. And Rachel, you want to say anything else about your ministry real quick? And uh, just if people want to check you out and get more information or get prayer from you. Yeah, that would be great. We are sending out Bibles. We are praying for people all the time and encouraging others we want to come alongside you and be hope during those dark times. So we'd love it if you went and gave our Facebook or an Instagram a like and a follow. Thanks again, Rachel, for joining us on the program, for sharing your heart and uh, really talking from a real perspective about the relationship and how much God loves us. You have been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.